You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Funny how, like, even when I can hear you, Amin, and I know you can see me, but I can't see you, I'm still like, I don't know if he's there. <laughs> it's like actually at home. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. <laughs> I'm on my couch eating Cheetos and then, like, hitting a button like, you're good, Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Oddball. I'm Amino Hassan, and all the way back in cold... Gray New York City is Charlotte Wilder. Hi, yeah. I mean, I miss you guys already. Yeah, you, well, there was like a mini hurricane last night again. I couldn't sleep at all. <sighs> is it still rainy? Rainy and windy. I hate it here. Okay, I got to tell you something. I started coming to Miami in the summer. Yeah. When it was a bajillion degrees and always sunny and worse than it was in New York, which is saying something for the summer. And then I'm like, oh, great. It's the winter. I could really use some warmth. It's an awesome thing that I have to go to Miami for work. And it has been rainy, cold, or a hurricane every single time I've been there when it's cold here. I haven't seen the sun in Miami in like years at this point. At least that's what <laughs> it feels like. Pranking us. We've got a great show today. Charlotte, we're going to play a new game today. Bank, bust, or both. Bank, bust, or both. Cool. Triple Bs. There you go. Also, we're going to play an Big old game. Brand. <laughs> we're going to play an old game. Hype me up. Right. Great. But uh, first, let's get straight to the headlines. And obviously, Draymond Green's indefinite suspension. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. But you get a little bit more exposition from the old NBA as mm-hmm. Ramona Shelburne of ESPN, terrific reporter, uh, wrote about extended conversations she had with Draymond Green. And I'll read her quote right here. What he said about the Gobert incident offered a window into the complex issues he's now trying to solve. Quote, in those moments, you don't know what time is. What time hmm. is? Hmm. Charlotte. Yes. My memory doesn't serve me so well. It's just years of just information being crammed in there, plus a lot of alcohol. But <laughs> when Draymond Green choked out Rudy Gobert, was that like in the heat of like the third quarter of that game? Um, well, you know, it's funny you ask that, I mean, because mm. I, I believe it was in the in the first minute uh, yes. of the game. That's, that's, I get it. You don't know what time is. But, like, it feels like that was a little too fast to forget about time. To lose time. Well, you know time? what it also feels like? It feels like, I mean, in addition to saying you don't know what time is, uh, Ramona reports that Draymond was, quote, aghast. When I watched it back, I said, damn, I held him much longer then I realized in that moment, um, but he said that to her recently. Yeah, I, I don't, like, he did it. He got suspended for five games. He came back. He played. And then he got into this latest incident. I mean, it's a lot of time passing. It would seem to me that in the heat of the moment, okay, everything's crazy, time doesn't exist, etc. 
after the game, hey, man, whatever, whatever, fall asleep, wake up the next morning. You don't say that out loud? You don't no. share that with anybody? Uh, and I just, I feel like there was a line, Ramona ended her article with a line that I feel like is pretty much the whole truth going on here. Because through all of this, Draymond is saying the same things to her that he has been saying publicly. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't apologize for things I don't mean to do. I'm the reason we've had this success. Mm-hmm. Steph still has his back, which I also understand. Mm-hmm. Like, he, Draymond is an integral part of what brought the Warriors to success. But there is no acknowledgement of, yes, I did cross a line. It's like, this is who I am. I, I didn't see much contrition or understanding of why this is a problem. And Ramona says at the very end, Steph has said, you know, this is who you are. This is who we need you to be on the court. Mm-hmm. And and Draymond says, I could appreciate that because I'm never going to go to Steph and say, hey, man, we need you to stop shooting. And Ramona mm-hmm. says there's a self-awareness to Green's explanation, but there's also a blindness within it, too. The Warriors don't just need him to stay on the court. They need him to figure out why he can't. Pretty much. That's that's excellently put. That, another kind of quote from this. And, and mind you, this is. All of these quotes and conversations are from before the Nurkic episode, right? What I love most is the opportunity to prove myself again. That's how I come out of this. Like, oh, they're doubting you again. They're questioning you again. They're questioning your integrity. As someone who's had to prove myself my whole life, it's familiar territory. Again, there's no part of this where it's like, okay, maybe I, maybe I went a little too far there. It's all, all right. see, they don't believe me. Like, they think I'm... I, I, it's it's crazy how the line for him has become so blurry that the the border between that intensity that Steph is talking about that they're absolutely right is integral to their success and just an out of control dude who can't stay on the floor and again yeah. I, I point out again and again we're talking about in the last nine months four suspensions right I also think that this starts to become I mean if Draymond is thinking long term this becomes like a branding and marketing problem this becomes um, like what do you want to think of when you think of draymond you want him you want to think of the four championships I'll like say, you, this, i would say that's secondary that's secondary the most because this is not getting in the way of like marketing opportunities this is getting in the way of basketball the, the thing that we're but that's all here what i mean for. like it it those two thi- those things get all knotted together in terms of like quote his legacy and i know people say they don't care about that but i think that on some level, you do care about that a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that's, a which, weird, that's a weird thing. like Because Dennis Rodman went through a lot of these same things, and he also played with an intensity, and he also crossed the line. And then like yeah. in retirement, people seem to forget about this stuff or think about it fondly. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, hey, man, right now, not for 20 years from now, not for your Hall of Fame speech. Right now, man, right now we're trying to win. We're trying to do this again. We're trying to add our names to a list that gets shorter and shorter. People have won four. We're on the people who won four. We're trying to get the people who won five. Maybe the people who won six. Like that list shrinks yeah. considerably. How do we get there? It's not with you being suspended every other week. He did, he did say something that I thought was interesting when she said, um, you know, this team, basically this dynasty, whatever you want to call it, is our, is our baby. You don't just give that up. So I feel like there is some level of, of hanging on to this, and if not desperation, like intensity about, about worrying that time is closing in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that's not his personal hell, though. His personal hell is what's happened over the last 24 to 48 hours because you got quotes from Yusuf Nurkic, Kevin Durant, and now 
the latest Rudy Gobert. Charlotte, please let the people know what Rudy Gobert said about Draymond Green. Yeah, in case anybody wondered if Draymond was living his nightmare, uh, he is now because Gobert said... I have empathy for him Mm. after the Timberwolves beat the Mavericks. You see somebody that's not well inside and suffering. You take away the game and all that. You want somebody to be well and be able to do what we do every night and compete and be happy, which is probably the most condescending thing that Gobert could have said. Everybody's talking about Draymond like he's a crackhead. Like they they saw him on the street like, what happened to you? You used to be one of the great champions, and now you're just like— you know, uh, begging for nickels yeah. so you can go buy some some crack. Like, no, like that's that's got to be the worst. Like, people calling him an asshole and doubting him and all that stuff. He's all with that. But people feeling pity for him and like, oh man, I just hope he gets the help he needs. That the help he needs has come up again and again and again. That's got to sting more than anything, more than any suspension, really. Oh, for sure. I also feel like that happened very quickly because after the Gobert incident, it was like, okay, he got five games. All right. Like, we got to figure out how to get his act together. And then league suspends him indefinitely. Counseling Mm -hmm. is being brought up. I hope he gets the help he needs. Like, it all turned into sort of mental health language very, very quickly, mm-hmm. which it, which I don't think it was before, even no. after the Gobert thing. No. The Gobert thing, Draymond's an ass. The Nurkic thing, all right, what's going on, man? Like, that, that, there's, a, there's a, a break that everyone just took a step back. Like, okay, man, what's happening here? What's happening yeah. here? What's going on? And, like, again, I don't know whether it is or isn't. I just know that he doesn't seem to see the connection, at least not as of this conversation with Ramona Shelburne. He doesn't see the connection between this erratic behavior and, you know, his inability to stay on the floor. But I hope he gets the help he needs. <laughs> All, right. All right. Moving on. The Pacers sign mm-hmm. James Johnson, 15-year NBA veteran James Johnson. Charlotte, do you know what James Johnson's nickname is? I do not. Tell me. Bloodsport. James Johnson comes <laughs> from a family of black belt martial arts ex- experts. I'm talking about mom, dad, brothers, sisters, everybody. In no way. the Johnson fa- family household, when uh, there was disrespect, there wasn't like, you're on timeout. There wasn't even, get me the belt and here's a whooping. There was, meet me in the octagon. Yes, that's, that, this is all real. Uh, James Johnson is one of the most notorious tough guys in the history of our league. So, wow, it's just kind of funny that like after this big brouhaha between the Pacers and the Bucks several times within that context of that game on Wednesday night, it's like you know what, bring in the muscle. All right, (laughs) let's. It's like my favorite thing though. I mean, is that yes, there was a brouhaha. But it was over a ball. It was after yeah. the game, and it was... I mean, yes, there were... It, things got sort of rough during that game, but but the big thing that everybody was talking about was how Giannis wanted the ball, yeah. and the Pacers wanted the ball, and I just love that they're like, you know what? Nobody is going to take that ball from us again. We're getting James Johnson. No. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, the funny thing is there, there's all these urban legends about what he can and can't do, and I don't know. Like, I've never seen it, but, I've, for instance, I've heard James Johnson, they could put a soda can on top of the rim, and he can roundhouse kick it off. No. And that sounds impossible. What? But he's also 6'9", 
So and with a crazy vertical, so maybe he can. Here's a question. Wait, what? Are you gonna are you gonna test him? Are you gonna say, hey man, I don't think you can do that? It's one of those things where it's like you kind of just believe it. Right? I operate under the belief yeah, it's, that like, it's true. Oh my god, that's wild. So James Johnson, he was on the Pacers a year ago, right? He He's, they yeah. he, I mean, he's been He's a been lot around. Of places, he's been he around, was, he's been a couple yeah. places, yeah. So so they know him. They're like James. No, they know what they got. They know what they're doing. They're, they're like, um, oh, let me see you there, sir. Uh, you look pretty sturdy. No, they know what they they know what the hell they sign. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love I've the Pacers. I'm all in on the Pacers, and I just they they have their they have their graceful star. They need yeah. the they need the muscle to back them up. So Charlotte, uh, yeah. I want to transition to something a lot more somber when we come back. NBA legend George McGinnis passed away yesterday at age 73 after suffering a cardiac arrest at his home in Indianapolis. Uh, he was enshrined in the Hall of Fame in 2017. He was co-MVP of the ABA in 1975 with Dr. J, a six-time All-Star, three-time All-ABA, two-time All-NBA, and two-time champion in the ABA with the Indiana Pacers. This is something I talked about a lot on Oddball, on Lebatard Show, on SiriusXM NBA Radio. Uh, the concept of the ABA records and achievements not being recognized by the NBA. They're, they're in a, a box in the, in the proverbial attic. We, they're there, but when we count things, uh, we don't really count those. Uh, if you look at the all-time scoring list, ABA and NBA, George McGinnis would rank 105th all-time out of all the players that have ever played. If you take away his ABA scoring, which the NBA does when it's counting its all-time scorings, he's 458. And I, I bang this drum harder and louder and louder because uh, as shown by George passing away yesterday, we're running out of time. These people who built the league that influenced the way we play basketball today way more than the NBA did. Their accomplishments are diminished and they're told they don't count, they don't matter. And, you know, as we strive to fix this, we're losing these people. We're losing them. They're, they're, they're of that age now where, uh, you know, if, if we ever get this taken care of, George McGinnis won't have seen his name move up those ranks like that. Moses Malone won't have seen his name move up the ranks like that. These guys are no longer with us. There are still many who are, though, and I just feel like there is no real reason other than just uh, pride or pettiness for the NBA to continue to do this. Um, I don't know who to talk. I don't know who I'm talking to, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's the crazy thing, Sean. I don't know who I'm pleading to. Is it Adam Silver? Is it, you know, some, some mysterious person working in the archives at the NBA? Is it Joe Dumars, mm -hmm. the president of basketball operations for the NBA? I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm just telling them that we need to respect the history of our game, respect the men who helped build it, and respect their accomplishments. And I'm not naming guys that are like, oh, so we're going to put, you know, Jingo Johnson or whatever. I'm not, it's not random people. These are people who are Hall of Famers, like I said, like Rick Barry, like Dan Issel, like Dr. J, all of whom 
are lower on the all-time scoring, rebounding, steals, blocks, assists list due to the exclusion of their ABA accomplishments. Same thing for the coaches like Coach Larry Brown. Uh, same thing for uh, the championships like George McGinnis and the Indiana Pacers, two-time champs in a moment of time when basketball was split. And we acknowledged that even though it was split, the talent base in the ABA was still elite, as evidenced by all the ABA players who went on to become All-Stars after the merger. Have you ever wondered if Chet Holmgren might be a descendant of Abraham Lincoln? Or if a UFC fighter could beat an alien in a fight? You might have not, and that's okay. But Shea Serrano and Jason Concepcion from the Six Trophies podcast have. If you love basketball and, more importantly, if you love fun, you've got to listen to Six Trophies, where Shea and Jason serve up the biggest moments from around the NBA with their brand of unbridled joy, banter, and pop culture side quests. Each week, they hand out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Stuff like the Denzel Washington in Training Day trophy, given out to the player or team having the best week around the NBA. Or the Lauren Hill you might win some dot dot dot, but you just lost one trophy. For the team or player that just can't get it together. Plus a bunch more trophies for all the good, bad, or just plain head-scratching moments around the NBA. This playoff season, you'll want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Charlotte, emotions yes. have run so high throughout the league this week. Everybody's upset. Ooh. Everybody's perturbed. You got teams losing eight billion games in a row. I feel like we need that spiritual, you know, caffeine boost. I feel like oh, we yeah. need to hype me up. There it is. <laughs> this is the game where what? we're given the name of a team or a player or a set of people, mm -hmm. and we mm -hmm. are tasked with making them feel better about themselves despite adverse conditions. Charlotte, are you ready? I am. Your first name is Luka Doncic. After losing last night to the T-Wolves, despite putting up 39 points, 14 assists, and 7 rebounds, he said everything hurts earlier this week after the Mavs toughed out a win over the Lakers. So winning over the Lakers, losing to T-Wolves, crazy numbers, but everything hurts for Luka Doncic. Okay, Luka, listen. 
you're you're a new dad, right? You had a baby recently. You yeah. said I slept very little. Uh, and you're still doing this. You're still putting up 39 points. You've also had some monster games uh, recently where your team has also lost, which I understand how frustrating this must be, right? Because you're out there saying, I've slept very little. You said you're getting old. You're only 24. And look, I know that that is a different age in professional basketball. You've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Also, even for normal people, when you're 24, you do start to feel. You no, start to feel like no. Yeah, you still a little bit. You, it's like uh, I don't know. I mean, it's been a while since I was 24, but I feel like there was a moment where I realized I was going like, ah, when I sat down, you know, even at a young age, and and that was without having years of NBA basketball on my body. So, Luca, I get it, but you are still very young, and you can do this. 24, what? I could still dunk. That's how. That's how okay, good well, I was at 24. Physically, we have two different bodies. Oh then. my gosh! <laughs> uh, the point is, Luca, this too shall pass. You will one day get sleep again. Your child will start sleeping through the night. You will get your team to rally around you and match the energy and talent and ability that you are bringing to this. Keep your head up. You're not old. Maybe try the skinny headband again. I don't know. Well said. Anyway, I mean, are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. You have to hype up Jamal Crawford okay. after Julius Randle moved into fourth place on the Knicks all-time three-pointers list, passing Crawford. Jamal, let me tell you something right now, man. <laughs> we go right now. I'm talking about right now to New York City. I grab Julius. We're going to walk down Fifth Avenue. Julius on my right, you on my left. And the number of people are going to run up and say, oh, my God, it, to you are going to greatly outnumber the ones they're going to say that Julius Randle. Now, part of that is because he plays for the Knicks right now, and people already hate him because anytime they lose, they think it's his fault. But also part of that is you're one of the most beloved basketball players of all time. And a lot of that, particularly in the city of New York, is because of your style of play. You had a style of play that the New York City basketball person loves. A, a, a flair for the dramatic, a, a, a ball on a string in terms of handling, and of course, timely, timely shots, timely shot making. You are the king of the four-point play. Oh, he's made some more three-pointers. Okay, cool. Try doing it while someone's fouling you. How about that? Wow. Jamal, you got this. You don't have to worry about no stupid list. You got this. <laughs> about that. All right. That was really good. Thank you, I'm Charlotte. Now. <laughs> Number okay. two. Oh, you got two names this time. You ready okay. for this? I don't think we've ever done this before. Two different people in different places. Uh-huh. Who are not related uh -huh. to each other directly? A little bit. There's a little okay. bit of a tie there. You got Greg Popovich and Monty Williams. Now Monty oh. did. We used to work for the Spurs a long time ago, so there mm -hmm. is a connection there. But Greg mm -hmm. is obviously the coach of the Spurs. Monty is the coach of the Pistons. Their teams have a combined five and forty-two record this season, and have lost, as of this recording, thirty-eight. A combined thirty-eight games in a row. Oh God. Floor is yours. Okay. Greg and Monty. Um, if it were any two other coaches, I think that I would probably have a little bit of a harder time hyping you up. But you guys are both, you have two of the, if not the biggest contracts in the NBA. You're getting paid very well. Also, Greg, you're not going to get fired. Like, you're just not. Monty... You might, but you would always get another job. There's always another job for you. You are beloved around the league. Um, and also, 
things I want to say things couldn't get much worse, but actually I think they could because I think both of your teams could just keep losing in perpetuity this season. Um, but I think people might look at your teams and be like, oh, well, that's not their fault. Be like the Pistons, they just didn't really have anybody good. Pop, it is your fault because you have Wembenyama. But listen, you guys are going to be fine no matter what happens. And I know that's not much solace right now as you're going through this garbage. But it also, like, just make it better. And also, you're still going to have a job even if it all fails. So you don't really need that much hyping up. To recap, Charlotte says money can buy you happiness. <laughs> well, it can, you know, it can also buy you another chance. Okay, me and you ready? Yeah. Taj Gibson, who is 38 and signing with the Knicks, being reunited with, with coach Tom Thibodeau. Mm. With coach Tom Thibodeau is a tongue twister, let me tell you. Is it? For the fourth time in the NBA. Uh, all right. So, first of all, uh, Bulls Heat last night, I was there, and there were a lot of Chicago people there, including Joe Kim Noah and Carlos Boozer, your two old teammates, Taj, and obviously wow. played with you uh, under Coach Tibbs. And so, I'm here to tell you, Taj, that there's nothing more important in basketball than having a coach who believes in you. You're a coach who believes in you, dude, you're always going to feel secure in your role. You're always going to know what your role is, and you're always going to have an opportunity to shine in your role. And that's what every player wants to be. Whether you are a star player, a Hall of Famer, or a guy struggling to get onto the floor, you want to know what your role is, and you want to shine in that role. And Taj, that's what's happened to your entire career playing for Tom Thibodeau. Yes, you had that forgettable stint down there in Washington, D.C. No, no, forget about that. We don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about all the things that make this thing cool, like when you play for Tibbs in Chicago and then when you play for him in New York. And you're a big part of bringing that toughness and that grit to a New York Knicks team that, you know, you can never have too much of that, particularly because Mitchell Robinson is hurt. He's going to be out eight to ten weeks with that injury. So they need some size up front, someone to kind of – Bring that that toughness, and you bring that, and all the culture, and all the cool things with it. Shout out to Taj Gibson. That was a great hype me up. Yes, me. yes. That's, I have to and make up for Detroit. That's how you do it, folks. <laughs> Shout out to Vinny Goodwill and Jamel Hill and uh, Jalen Rose and all my other Detroit friends who always yeah, tell, who always tell me if you just go, you'll have a good time. And I tell them I have been, but apparently I need to go in the summertime. So okay, there. Yes. Yeah, so, well. Anywhere in the north in the winter is going to be a tough sell. Charlotte, we're introducing a new game right now. It's called Bank. Bank, not bang. Someone's search history is coming up. Bank, bust, (laughs) or both. And uh, the premise basically is we're past the quarter mark, quarter mile mark in the season. Some teams we thought were going to be good, and they are good. Some teams we thought were going to be good, but they're not so good. And then there's some teams that were like, oh. Maybe a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Charlotte, would you like mm-hmm. to start us off? What team are you banking? And you're like, okay, this start matches what I thought would happen. I am taking the Boston Celtics Shocker. because <laughs> I am a homer. Oh, my God. Um, but, more, but less homery. One thing that I, you know, I feel like the Celtics, whenever there's a lot of hype, a lot of times they can kind of fall apart. And I'm a little worried that that can still happen. I'm a little worried it's all too good to be true, but I'm going to bank on them, and I'm going to put any of that doubt outside of my head. We're banking Boston. 
I'm going with the Denver Nuggets. They're not even playing all that well, and they're second in the West. Oh, Jokic is getting ejected from games. Jamal Murray's been in and out of the lineup with injuries. They're relying on a bunch of really young players to provide them with meaningful rotation minutes. And guess what? 17 and 9, 10 and 1 at home. They're rolling. I said it before I said, look, this everyone else is trying to figure out what the formula is. These guys have the formula. They've they had the formula, they're sick of the formula. It's like, oh my God, formula again. I guess we're just gonna have to keep on winning. Those Denver damn nuggets. Okay, bust. Who's the team, Charlotte, that yeah. makes you think, huh, you kind of let me down on this one. You know, I mean, I'm going to go Suns on this one because with Booker, with Durant, with Beal, everyone is talking about how this could be the year. They're in 10th right now. I'm not saying they can't still turn it around, but I just am not seeing the kind of greatness that I thought we would be seeing from them at this point. Also, if they do turn it around, uh, you can clip this, Suns fans, and just throw it back in my face. So it's a gift to you, really. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I thought a second year of Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell together would be a recipe for success. I thought Mobley, Evan Mobley, getting into the second year of his career uh, would be a lot more comfortable out there. Uh, I know they've had a lot, you know, some injuries out there, but man. And I thought Max Struess and George Nyang as pickups were really going to help them with their shooting. And they've just been a mediocre team. They're 500. They game above 500. Their net rating is a negative 0.4, which is basically you're a 500 team. They're, what is it, 6-6 six and six at home? Yeah, and 7-6 and six on the road. They're 2-2 two and two in their division. They're 9-7 and seven in the conference. You guys are just damn average. You let me down. All right, last one. Team kind of sparked you like huh you guys are a lot better than i thought you'd be i mean easy answer for me the pacers i know that you believed in tyrese this whole time i know yep. you were like they're gonna be good i didn't buy it they got blood and i have too. been converted you know how i said in the beginning of the season that the nets were my league pass side piece yes it's the pacers you changed it you've converted changed it i, I love the pacers i converted too i'm gonna go with the minnesota timberwolves you know what I didn't see this coming at all. Like, I knew when I they know. played together yeah. last season, they were decent there. Well, yeah, there, as producer Jeff has got his hands up as he wears a very lime green, like those ugly Minnesota jerseys. He's got, uh, it's not a Minnesota, it's not merch, but it just happens to be the same color as those highlighter jerseys they wear. But you look at, first of all, elite defensively, they figured out how to play around Rudy Gobert. I think. Carl Anthony Towns is accepted and bought in his role, not only defensively being there, present, every uh, possession out there, but also offensively being someone who understands, hey, it ain't my team anymore. It's that guy's team. That guy's Ant-Man. He's amazing. And now I have to get in where I fit in, and I can still be great. I can still be an all-star. I can still put up numbers, but it can't be within the context of I'm coming down court and I get touches every single time. It's his team. It's his ball. And I, I just have to fit in with what he does. I didn't think all of those things would happen for them this quickly or this successfully. And I got at first I was like, well, it's early, it's early, it's early, it's early. It's been 20-plus games now. It's not early anymore. These are the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're a good team. Wow. Wow. Wow, indeed. Wow, wow, wow. I think I can just stop doing the show now. Yeah, good. Okay, bye. Walk off on that note. Thanks for watching.